The question I have for you happened a couple weeks ago to me and might be pretty amateur, but I figured I'd ask anyways. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I've got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Mr. Matt Cermak, here with me. What's up, Ev? What's going on, my man? Are you pumped to hop on a little mental game mailbag? It's nice to know that we're back with the mental game mailbag. These are, these are some fun ones. So. People love these. This is probably one of my favorite formats, if not the favorite format, because it allows us to address multiple people's issues, gets yep. the listeners involved. I love it. So in case you guys are new, welcome aboard. You know, we don't want you to ride the struggle bus. We want you to hop on the part train. Welcome aboard. The part train helps frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. The yeah. part train podcast unpacks the mental game with PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEO, sports psychologists, everyday golfers like you and me, like episodes today with the mailbag, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally get back on track. Before we preview this episode, and help you understand what a mailbag is in case this is one of your first mailbags. Quick word from our friends at Sticks. Sticks Golf. Sticks Golf. Uh, it's a Chicago company where Cermax from. We love that. And guys, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I will t- be upfront and honest with you. I don't think Sticks Golf is for everyone. I'll just tell you that right now. But I will tell you that if you're newer to the game and or you've kind of always had a hand-me-down set and you're looking to get a new set, but you don't want to spend an arm and a leg. I really do believe that sticks golf is an amazing option. I mean, there's not really any companies out there, sir, that provides brand new to your specs, golf clubs, all matte black. They look sick all under like a thousand dollars that I'm talking woods, irons, putter, wedges, bag. That's usually a two to $3,000. Yeah, hybrids. That's usually a two to three thousand dollar investment, right? And you can do that for we can give you ten percent off with the code PAR sticks ten. That is P A R S T I X ten will get you ten percent off. So that's like a hundred bucks right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really think that the clubs feel great. I mean, how much fun do we have at the PGA merchandise show? Yeah. Just kind of testing some of their new stuff out, and I hit a bunch of their wedges and they felt great and they looked great. And yeah. I'm pretty, um, <laughs> I get pretty snooty on how my wedges look and then especially how they feel too. And they're awesome. I mean, Sticks is an amazing brand that's really broke through the industry. And um, there's a reason why they're all the buzz right now in, in, in the golf club, you know, in, this, in the industry. So yeah, guys, uh, get on them and definitely try these clubs. I think you're going to love them, you know, and why not take a discount through the train, right, Ev? Par sticks 10 gets you 10% off. It really is. They've been, I think, one of the fastest growing companies in the golf industry. Um, I'm actually an advisor. I'm an advisor for them. So I've kind of been behind the scenes uh, because of my experience with TaylorMade, kind of helping them where I can. But, you know, honestly, they don't need a lot of my help. They are killing it. Thousands of people are buying their clubs every month. And I'm telling you guys, look, I got Tara, my fiance, a set. Love I'm it. telling you, if you want something that looks good, you don't have to be embarrassed. It's not like one of those Strata starter sets. Like these look like legit clubs. They perform just as good as all the other clubs out there. Matching bag. The bag is sick. It's like a heathered black with red accents. It's very clean. And uh, get yourself a brand new set of clubs without spending 
as much money as you know the big box uh, or the big manufacturers. So Parstix 10, P-A-R-S-T-I-X 10 to get 10% off. Sarm, why don't you give a little bit of a preview? If this is someone's first mental game mailbag, what, what can they expect for this episode? What are they going to get out of it? Mental game mailbag has really opened up the community, right? So it's a hotline. So we've got fans, we've got people that follow us or calling in, really asking us questions about their games, whether it's on the course, on the range, situations, things they're having trouble with, things they're seeing, whether, you know, it can be anything. And it's an opportunity for you guys to ask questions, look for advice, and for us to read those questions, go through it, and hopefully figure out an answer. Right, Ev? Yeah. So we got, what I did was, and I'll continue to do this in the future, okay? So I'm going to go. I DM some of our most loyal listeners and followers and I say, Hey, we're going to do another mailbag episode. This is your chance. I just saw the fiance is joining on Instagram live downstairs. Wow. She's going to be listening to this podcast live. She normally only hears it when I edit. So this will be I think, interesting. I think Maybe I I'll get saw nervous. Shan- Shannon Driscoll, Spokane's finest also joined too. We've got wow. quite a crew coming in here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if you want to ask a question, email me a voice note, email, email it in. And we got uh, seven to 10 responses. I think we're going to pick three or four today. The other remaining ones, we're going to do in the next mailbag episode with those. And who knows, maybe since we're live, we might take a question from Instagram live as well. Um, but first, why don't we just jump in? We've got Luke, which is actually intern Hank's dad, sent in a question. And I think we should start with Luke. Are you ready? Before we get with we got Joey Bomarito and Zach Austin coming live. Charleston, a little golf trip in South Carolina. Doing wow. it in. So, Love it. Okay. We're covering the coast right now. All right. You want to yeah, start, let's with, start Luke? With, with Yeah, let's start with Luke. Okay. Shout out to Hank's dad. All right. Here's a question for Par Train. Why is it that as soon as I tell myself I'm having a good round of golf and I might actually break 80, a game goes to hell on a shoot in the night? Why is that? Very common thing we've all experienced. Right, especially if you haven't broken eighty ever, or if you haven't broken eighty in a while. So I'm gonna let you take it first, sir. What 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 would you say to Luke, intern Hank's dad? Yeah, I mean, look, it just all comes down to thinking about results and obsessing about results, right? I mean, that's what traps us is what kills us. Luke, you're playing well. Maybe you shot thirty eight on the front nine, thirty nine, twelve, thirteenth hole made some pars, you made some birdies, but you realize you're tasting glory. And what are you forgetting about the target? What are you forgetting about club selection? What are you forgetting about the wind? So what I would say, you just, it's going to happen. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to be overcome by breaking 80, but that's fine. You might hit a bad shot. You got to get back to your process and your routine. You had a routine for 12 holes, for 13 holes, for six holes that was working great. And then all of a sudden it disappears. I mean, Ev, we've talked about this a lot, right? How can it all of a sudden just go away? How can you be a great right. player for not just one hole, not for one shot, for many holes, and then lose it completely? And it's because of just, you know, the obsession with the result and the score. So I, I just think, Luke, are you, do you really work on your routine enough? Do you understand what your routine is like when you're not playing well or when mm. the wheels fall off? Do you have that recognition? You probably don't, or probably don't, not yet. So, you know, Ev, there was a there was a time there where you were chasing eighty, chasing breaking eighty for a while, and I think you can talk a lot about it. But 
Luke, you got you got to figure out your routine. You got to work on your routine more in practice. So when it does yeah. go, you know why it's going. It's funny, right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago on the show. I think it was with, uh, or maybe I talked about it with Dr. Bob Winters. I forget if it was Winters or Rotella, but essentially, remember what I said about the first time I broke 80? I thought of every shot as this could be the shot to break 80 because what was happening is I'd be shooting all these 80s, 81s, and I'd look back and I'd be like, God, that was, it was that short putt. I wasn't focused. You know, that could have, that was the one. Now, of course, it's easy to point to all the coulda, woulda, shouldas. We're always going to look at shots that maybe could have gone better. But the point was not to put more pressure on myself that this could be the shot that could break 80, but it was a way to kind of backdoor into playing one shot at a time without thinking that. So I just brought the focus to it every time, right? I knew that, okay, it's, it's that Lombardi quote we talked about with Rotella. Like, you don't know which in football, you don't know which play is going to win. I mean, look at the Super Bowl that just happened, right? You didn't know that yeah. that play, the last two plays by Aaron Donald could end the Super Bowl. So you got to bring focus to every moment because you don't know which one's going to dictate the game, right? So that's one. I totally agree with everything you said. Uh, the other thing that's interesting about this topic is it's not as simple as don't think about results. It's a little bit more complex than that because it's normal to think about results. When you're aware of what you're doing, it's human to get a little bit excited. It's human to get a little bit scared. It's human to try and hang on. Um, but Ward Jarvis, mental performance coach on the PJ Tour, who we've had on the show three times, good friend, he said something really interesting once. He said, you can't want your way to the finish line, right? Yeah. So you have to acknowledge, Luke, that, yeah, you're getting excited. But what did that do for you, right? Well, to your yeah. point, it got him out of the routine that got him there. Well, last thing I'll say too, Ev, is when, like, when we all get nervous, like when we're trying to shoot a really good score, the, like, like I said, the results overcome us. But like, sometimes it helps me like, hey, well, I got uh, to hit another green, right? You know, we always think about setting a record with a score, but what about setting records with greens and regulation, mm. right? So if you said, I, 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 I'm gonna, I've never hit 12 greens, right? And you're playing really well in your round, you've maybe hit nine greens with, you know, five holes left, right? But then you're nervous and you're a couple over par and you're, you're trying to get to the finish line, but it's all about, well, hanging on par birdie, bogey double. Well, instead of like, well, what about just, I'm just gonna hit the screen regulation, yeah. right? So that's, that's, then you become just really focused on that, right? Um, it, it, it's an idea or it's a fairway, but it, it's some of those, um, just some of those goals that are, that are tied to results, but that you can really manage, yeah. you know, and that means, look, you're in the middle of the fairway and you've got, you want to go for that pin and you may have like a, a pitching wedge in your hand, but you're thinking about breaking 80. Well, maybe you should just play it a little safer and just mm -hmm. think about hitting the green. Well, right. Cause, cause what do all the pros, what if all the pros told us swing aggressive to conservative targets, right? So it's not necessarily playing defensive. But it's recognizing the situation. You might have more adrenaline. You've got some nerves. Yeah. Right. The interesting thing about trying to hit greens, it's like, well, yeah, obviously I want to hit a green. But a lot of times people's strategy I've learned don't match trying to hit greens. Right. Like, for example, I was, um, I was playing Penmar nine hole in L.A., right? 
first hole's like a 280 yard par four. Okay, I was 20 yards off the green. And I tried to put it close, as you do. And I almost rolled it off the back. Didn't bite. Now it's funny. If I was consciously thinking, I just need to hit a green here, right? I probably would have been okay with leaving it 12 feet. Now, of course, right. you want to like stick it close when you got a little 20 yard pick shot. But the point is, I wasn't thinking in that moment, what, what's the best shot to hit, hit a green here? Now, that's, right. I know it's a silly example, but it just shows that a lot of times we're too focused on the pin, like we've talked about so many times in the show, and not as focused on hitting greens. So I'll piggyback and then we'll move on to the next one because we talked about this for a little bit, but I'll piggyback on what you said a little bit, which is what you're saying, Serm, is get really tactical with what you're trying to execute and give yourself mini goals. Tiger did that. Right. Tiger's hunting for a major. He says, Stevie or Joey, let's go. Let's try and go minus two the next five holes. So instead of the the weight of winning a major, he's has a new challenge. Very executional, helps him get into the hole, helps him focus on what he's doing. That's huge. Right. Luke, you can also do that with what helps you. Right. So it's starting to get curious and and being aware of what helps you hit your best shots. We've talked about it so many times, but finding your executional keys is a great way to get out of results and hyper-focused on what you're doing. So whether that's, all right, I know the next time I get really nervous because I have a chance to break 80, I'm going to swing 80% and I'm going to focus all my energy on swinging 80% because I know my errant shots have a less prob- lower probability if I'm swinging light and I have good tempo and I have good rhythm. Because what do we do when we get nervous? We get a little quick. We get a little herky-jerky in the transition. So all those things together are things you can do to help yourself coming down the stretch when you have a, uh, you know, a chance to do something great. But at the end of the day, I think it comes down to accepting that nerves are okay and you've been there before, but that didn't serve you. So what am I going to refocus on? Right? What am I going to shift my thoughts to? What am I going to ref? Yeah. It's the reset. Hit the reset button, Luke. Accept it. Don't get down on yourself. Do something different. Clearly, this hasn't worked. So, should we go to Pooja? Yeah. Our friend Pooja. Hey, guys. This is Pooja Shalendra. Um, The question I have for you happened a couple weeks ago to me and might be pretty amateur, but I figured I'd ask anyways. Um, We were playing a course in Monterey after going to the Pro-Am for the day, and I decided to play the Reds because... uh, one, I'm probably not good enough to continue playing from the whites, but two, it seemed like a kind of short course where I could drive the green on some of the par fours. So I was really going for it on most of them. And on one, I had just a bomb drive that just bounced left of the green and we watched it roll and basically stop on like a hill. And even if it had continued rolling, we would have been able to see it. And by the time we got to the green, and to the top of the hole, the ball was gone. And I don't know if another person picked it up or there wasn't really anywhere it could have gone and it was a bright yellow ball. So um, pretty easy to spot. I was super frustrated and just, it was just so hard for me in terms of my mental game to not let that bother me when I could have been potentially having a birdie and now I'm, almost I guess fighting for par for me um where I just have to get up and down which was a struggle since I had to take a penalty stroke but 
Wasn't sure if you guys had any tips for dealing with something like that. I had a breakdown with a situation like this. We were playing, it was qualifying in college and we were playing a pretty easy course, kind of a, a municipal course. And I, I don't know why we were playing there. I didn't really want to be playing it. And it was one of those courses where you just had to go low to compete or, to, you know, to qualify for the tournament. I was just, you know, first couple of holes, I didn't make birdie and I was just mad, mad, you know, making pars and I'm just mad. Didn't want to be here. I don't like this course. I feel like I'm sh shooting a lot better. And then I remember getting towards the, one of the last couple of holes. It was a drivable par four. I had dro drove the green or just off. It was just off the green. There was these pine trees and we couldn't find my ball. <laughs> and it was, it was off the green saw it, but it was like, you know, in a pine tree, couldn't find it. And I just totally lost it. Like I totally lost it. And then I think I bogeyed, you know, bogeyed that only bogeyed the last two holes and just had a really bad day. And I kind of learned a lot from that moment. I kind of just, I kind of, it was embarrassing mentally because like, what, what are you supposed to do? You know? And it's, you can't control a freak accident. I went into a tree. Pooja, it sounds like yours may have just could have been, who knows what happened? A squirrel could have got it. It <laughs> could have been picked up by somebody, you know, somebody on the course. Like, you know, it, who knows? Like what it comes down to is you're just going to have bad luck in golf. And sometimes it's going to feel like the worst luck, but there's just nothing you can do. You made a great swing. You made a committed swing. You just couldn't find the ball. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're mad for other reasons right? You're mad because this is now going to affect your score when you feel like you, you hit a great shot. It's just a learning experience. It's going to yeah. happen again. That's what I would say. It's going to sure. happen again. Um, and you got to chalk it up because there's going to be good luck that's going to come your way. Um, I found myself, this has happened a lot. How many times have you played in the fall and you've lost the ball in the leaves? You know that feeling of? Yeah. It's the worst, but it's just part of the game. Like you're going to have so many more choices, so many more chances to hit great shots. And you just gotta, you just gotta roll with the punches. Yeah. Well, isn't it funny? We talked about this off air. Like when we get a good break, we're like, hell yeah. Right. right. And we just kind of move on with our business. Like I was supposed to get that bounce. Ooh, kick left. Yeah, it did. Yeah. That ball listened. Hell yeah. Right. Members bounce. And we just kind of accept it and we move on pretty quickly. I don't think we take stock of the good breaks nearly as much as we get frustrated with the bad ones, right? So I think that's a great reminder for Pooja is, look, golf's about good breaks and bad breaks. What I would say is this is a moment, right? Yeah. Like the tell, I tell the guys that I coach, like, I want you to, to get excited in those moments and use our discussions to come back and unpack them. So yeah. that what an amazing example, what a great story, what a great moment to say you hit a great drive exactly how you wanted to hit it. You're excited to maybe have a chance for birdie, a great chance for birdie, and you can't find the ball. Someone probably picked it up. And all right, this is my moment to really see what I'm made of. And let's see what I can do here to give myself a chance for par. Now that's the big difference that I want to outline with what Pooja asked. Pooja said, now I felt like I have to make par. And we've talked about this, Serm. That is the worst, right. one of the worst things you can say to yourself. I've talked about it with our member guest. My buddy Ryan and I got in that trap of we have to make, you know, 
they're in a bad spot. We ha- I have to make par because I'm getting a pop here. So I have to do what I can for my team. It's really very similar to what we just talked about with Luke, where you feel like you have to hit a fairway. You have to hit a green because you're trying to break 80, right? Same thing for Pooja. You don't have to make par there. Of course, it's going to feel worse if in that moment you lose your ball when you thought it was perfect and you feel like you have to make par. But again, does that serve you? If that's riddling you with frustration and anxiety, it's probably not going to give you a great chance for your best swing to come out, right? Well, yeah, I had a recent scenario with this where I hit a great iron shot. It was at the end of the summer, and it hit a sprinkler in front of the green mm-hmm. and, and went 30 yards over. You just okay. got to laugh. What do you, what do you do? I mean, I made a great swing. Yeah. You know, if that doesn't hit a sprinkler, it bounces up. It's probably 10 feet. Yeah. You just laugh. The good yeah. thing about this scenario, Pooja, is you made a great swing. It's not like you just snap hooked one out of bounds and had right. to go hit another, right? So, and just, what does Dr. Joe Parent say, the author of uh, Zen Golf, who we've had on the show? He uses humor a lot, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, you just, if, you just say it's a messed up game. The golfing yeah, for guys you, are... <laughs> for you hitting the, uh, hitting the sprinkler head and it goes 30 feet over the green, you can say something like, well, I guess the golf gods want me to show them how much my pitching's improved, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, let's find ways to stay lighter out there and not make it so serious. Now, the other thing I will say, speaking of not making it so serious, Serm, now, some people might think this is a controversial statement, but at the end of the day, we're not on tour. Right. So if you know that everyone saw where your ball went and you hit that ball 20 yards short of the green, drop one. Like, we know it's there. Someone might have picked it up. Like, I think we can give you the benefit of the doubt that... Right. There's sometimes with your your group, we all agree that, you know, the ball ended up in this area. And let's not, like I said, let's not ruin our day, you know, otherwise. (laughs) So there there is that option too. Like, sometimes freak accidents are going to happen. So I, I agree with you, Ev. Like, and I think we can all get there because... You know, if your playing partner, it's going to happen to them at some point too. And you'll be there for them to just say, you know, we agreed the ball was here. A squirrel got it. Just drop one. Just you drop know? one. It's okay, Pooja. I give you permission. Now it's a match or a tournament. Obviously, you're just going to have to take a penalty shot and get up and down. Ryan Winehouse just joined the Instagram live. Our boy from Ryan St. Louis. How about that? Joining a live right. podcast. He's getting um, ready to lose his money to me in Scottsdale this weekend. How about that? Huh? Yeah. But we'll Shots talk about fired. that. We'll talk about that over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think it's important to remember, like, if you know where your ball went, and it's just a friendly round. Like, we don't need to create. Think about how much stress Pooja created in that moment. Pooja, that tells me that's a good thing. That tells me that you want to get better. You want to perform, right? But at the end of the day, is that helping you? So that goes back to things we talked about, with Luke. So remember, it's a game of bad breaks. It's a game of good breaks. Accept it. Create a moment to laugh at it. Treat it as a moment, an opportunity to respond regardless, right? It's a moment to, to, to strive up, lift up, perform a shot, but also remember your keys, right? If you're a little frustrated, just, just, think just about good on. rhythm. <laughs> just think move about, on. Yeah, yeah, move on. Good <laughs> rhythm. Remember your keys and try and give yourself a look at par. You don't have to make par. Just give yourself a good look. Think about the shot you're trying to play versus putting all this pressure on yourself. I think that's key. All right, let's go to Pooja's got a second question. 
a follow-up. Let's listen to her follow-up. This one's interesting, right, Sarm? Yeah. I actually have one more question, too. Yesterday, I was playing in a tournament, and I, I won closest to the pin on one of the par threes, but when I hit my shot, I sculled a nine iron across a gulch, and then it hit the pin square in the center, bounced back, and landed 16 inches from the pin, um, which I was like, wow, that was an accident, but pretty exciting for me. And when they were announcing the winners, it was just like a little bit awkward because like people were talking about how I had sculled it into the pin. And it was almost like downgrading this win, which I was like, you know what, if I, that was probably my closest chance at like a hole in one if I had hit it a little bit softer. But like if I got a hole in one, it would definitely be an accident. I'm not doing any like Steph Curry splash bro type thing with a nine iron approach. Um, obviously I wouldn't hope to count on getting one with sculling a nine iron, but it just like felt kind of shitty. I didn't like obviously let it take away from whatever happened. Cause sometimes I have some like happy accidents on the golf course, but I guess maybe, I don't know if there's a question around that, but just how do you continue to stay positive when people are like, you didn't even deserve that. Okay. Thanks. Congrats on winning the closest to Pooja. You did it. Um, and there's a million ways to do it. Um, so a couple of things here. Um, anybody that's making fun of you <laughs> because you were closest to, and you made a bad swing, but you ended up being closest to, it's just because you ended up with a prize and they did because how often does that also happen? To those people where they make a bad swing or a bad putt and ends up being great right or so it's that's just that's petty and just ridiculous especially when it comes to golf because l- luck is a big part of the game good and bad and so you kind of talked about some bad luck and now we're talking about some good luck and how to manage it what i would say Pooja, is just like don't get invested into the lucky moments good luck the, the really like lucky moments that were good and the really unlucky moments just don't get invested in it. You just, just laugh or shrug them off, right? Yeah. You had a terrible, you had a terrible scenario the first time in your first situation with your drive, you know, drive and hit the green, you lost it. And then this is like a great scenario, but uh, you're still like <laughs> just kind of uncomfortable with how you felt. And again, just, just don't get invested in it. You know, it's going to happen. It happens to all of us, the good and the bad. You just kind of, I just laugh and shrug it off. You know? Yeah. Easier to laugh and shrug off the good moments than the bad moments, but these, these are not the majority. This isn't the majority of a round. This isn't, you know, this doesn't, def- these don't de- moments don't define your round. Yeah. And, but they're always going to be sprinkled in. Just don't let, it, don't let it define you. And by the way, hole in ones, if that ball did go in, every hole in one is a little lucky. Every no matter how lucky. good of it is, it's always lucky. Yeah, it's always like, lucky. It's, anybody who makes the hole in ones, that was 100% skill. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's, it's just not. Yeah. You know, so don't I wouldn't worry about that either. I mean, your brother, who's been on the show, plus five handicap, one of the best amateur players in the state of Illinois. He said every birdie is an accident. Every shot he hits within three feet is a happy accident. Right. He's mostly giving himself 20 to 30 feet. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's important to remember, too. You know, yeah. when that ball hits the green, it's got to bounce and spin a certain way. And it may be doing that, but then it may hit something and go another way, or yeah. whether good or bad. So don't get invested in the bounces. 
Yeah. You know, I would say Pooja, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's two totally to your point, sir. It's two totally different sides of the coin, but they're very similar situations in regards to the response it, it gave Pooja. So Pooja, I mean, I would say that I think humor is a great diffusion tool. Is that a word? Diffusion? Diffuser? I don't know. It's a great diffuser. Diffuser, yeah. It's a great diffuser for the moment where you felt like you got gypped. And it's also a great diffuser when you feel like you're getting judged and you got a little lucky. But who cares? You know, I think at the end of the day, it's human to not want to be ridiculed or made fun of or judged. Nobody wants that. We're, we're, it's, tribalism at its finest, right? We want to be accepted. We want to be part of the group. But at the end of the day, humor could be your greatest tool there where it's like, hey, thin to win. Am I right? You know, like, let's like, it. play it up, embrace it, own it. But at the, it also at the end of the day, like, it's the same thing as with Luke. Ask yourself, notice it. Notice the, the like, doesn't feel good, right? Feels like shit. I didn't like that people were judging me. Well, okay, that's that makes sense, but I'm not going to let it ruin my my triumph, my day. So then, what can I focus on that's more productive? So, Pooja, I'd say something I say to a lot of people is, it's okay to like acknowledge your truth in the sense that, like, yeah, I'm frustrated because these people judge me like this, but the truth doesn't mean that it serves you, right? So acknowledge that you feel that way. It might be true, very well could be true, but it's not productive. So I'm going to focus on something more productive. I'm going to use humor to kind of brush it off and ha- make it a little lighter, right? I think that's the key here. Less heavy, more light. Find ways to find lightness. And then yeah. you move I mean, on. I, you you ride, the, ride that luck to the bank. Yeah. I, I just don't think there's much to dissect. It's just laugh it off. You yeah. Know, it's not, doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. So. Well, thanks for the question, Pooja. Keep us posted. Next time you stick one close and someone says something, I want to hear what happens. All right. Yeah, right. Um, They're just jealous. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, hear from one of our brand new sponsors, and then we'll get you right back to the show. Quick word from our friends at Sticks. Sticks Golf. Sticks Golf. Uh, it's a Chicago company where Cermak's from. We love that. And, guys, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I will t- be upfront and honest with you. I don't think sticks golf is for everyone. I'll just tell you that right now. But I will tell you that if you're newer to the game and or you've kind of always had a hand-me-down set and you're looking to get a new set but you don't want to spend an arm and a leg, I really do believe that sticks golf is an amazing option. I mean, there's not really any companies out there, Serm, that provides brand new to your specs golf clubs, all matte black. They look sick. All under like a thousand dollars. That I'm talking woods, irons, putter, wedges, bag. That's usually a two to three thousand dollar. Yeah, hybrids. That's usually a two to three thousand dollar investment, right? Oh, and least. you can do that for. We can give you ten percent off with the code PARSTICKS10. That is P A R S T I X ten. We'll get you ten percent off. So that's like a hundred bucks, right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really think they. The clubs feel great. I mean, how much fun do we have at the PGA merchandise show? Yeah. Just kind of testing some of their new stuff out. And the, I hit a bunch of their wedges and they felt great and they look great. 
And I'm pretty, um, <laughs> I get pretty snooty on how my wedges look and then especially how they feel too. And they're awesome. I mean, Sticks is an amazing brand that's really broke through the industry. And uh, there's a reason why they're all the buzz right now in, in, in the golf club, you know, in, this, in the industry. So yeah, guys, uh, get on them and definitely try these clubs. I think you're going to love them, you know, and why not take a discount through the train, right, Ev? Par Sticks 10 gets you 10% off. It really is. They've been, I think, one of the fastest growing companies in the golf industry. Um, I'm actually an advisor. Too. I'm an yeah. advisor for them. So I've kind of been behind the scenes because uh, of my experience with TaylorMade, kind of helping them where I can. But, you know, honestly, they don't need a lot of my help. They are killing it. Thousands of people are buying their clubs every month. And I'm telling you guys, look, I got Tara, my fiance, a set. Love I'm it. telling you, if you want something that looks good, you don't have to be embarrassed. It's not like one of those Strata starter sets. Like these look like legit clubs. They perform just as good as all the other clubs out there. Matching bag. The bag is sick. It's like a heathered black with red accents. It's very clean. And uh, get yourself a brand new set of clubs without spending as much money as you know the big box uh, or the big manufacturers. So Par Sticks 10, P-A-R-S-T-I-X 10 to get 10% off. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the show. All right, last one. Let's play Gary's question. Hey, guys. Love the par train. Appreciate everything you all are doing. My question for you is about how to approach rounds when you know going into it you have to be almost perfect. I'm playing to a zero, anywhere from a zero to a two handicap from about 6,500 yards and can keep up with most of the low handicappers at that distance. When I get to the club championship each year, we're playing about 7,000 yards, and I'm being outdriven probably 80 yards by some of our bigger hitters on every hole. I know in order to compete and going in, I have to be perfect for two straight days, and I find myself getting tense. Any thoughts on how to approach the round ahead of time to make sure I can get some of that tension out and just give myself the best opportunity to play great golf for a weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks again for everything you guys are doing. That's a really good question, Ev. And when we had listened to these, these offline, this one stuck out to me. I can really relate to this situation. So, so I can compare my game here a little bit. So Gary, like you, Ev, you can laugh. Not the longest hitter in the room, you know. Um, <laughs> and from 6,500 yards and in, at this point in my life, you know, I'm, I'm pretty tough. You know, I'm probably a zero to a plus two handicap from 6,500 and, and under. We get to 7,000 yards. I'm more of a zero to a three handicap, right? It's, it's longer, longer courses demand more. And obviously, Gary, distance is a big thing, right? I mean, that's what, that brings tension, knowing that you, you, your game just isn't, doesn't fit as well to just a longer golf course. But here's what I would say that to, to really, to really not only control the tension, but really how to prepare correctly. So, you know, you got a club championship at 7,000 yards. Okay, Gary. So weeks prior, you should be practicing a couple different things. You should be practicing your long irons and you should be practicing a lot from hundred yards in. Okay. Mm. You need it because couple things, you know, you're not going to probably hit the par fives in two and you're going to be coming in with longer irons on the par, more longer irons on the par fours and the par threes. Chances are you're going to miss a few more greens. 
So you're going to have to chip and pitch. Um, and you're just going to have to get up and down and you have to work at. Um, so it's really, a, so it's a preparation thing. And if you really understand the task at hand and what it's going to take and how you have to pivot through practice, that's going to bring you less tension on the first tee and less tension throughout. And I'll tell you this, Gary, you, it sounds like if, if you're playing to a scratch at 6,500 yards, you can putt. Okay. So <laughs> th- yeah, throw point. in, throw in some chipping, some pitching, you know, maybe an up and down or two from 80 yards out and you got to come out of the trees that can demoralize opponents, even longer hitters too. Mm. So, um, obviously, so the course setup is a little more challenging for you at first, but I would say spend more time, more time, hundred yards in and with your long irons, or your hybrids, like, yeah, I carry two hybrids. <laughs> Ryan loves that. Um, <laughs> and that way, you know, going into, the, into that club championship tournament that you've got a plan. Now, who knows? You might, you might not win. You yeah. know the task at hand, and you've prepped for it. But if you don't do that, you're just searching, trying to find, and you're trying to push, and you're, and you're getting out of your own game. So, Love that. I'm going to build on what you just said. You just sparked something really great. And this is why I love having both of our perspectives, right? Yeah. Because you go straight to plan, short game, club selection, prep. I'm going more mental side. Sure. But it reminds me of Colt Nost a little bit. Colt Nost came on the show a couple times and he knew he wasn't a long hitter, right? He knew ven- certain venues he'd have a chance, other venues he doesn't have as much of a chance. But Colt Nost took an offensive mindset to his play. He knew, to your point, Sarm, he's going to be playing against Dustin Johnson and DJ is going to be 40 to 50 yards ahead of him and probably have a, a nine iron or a wedge in, and Colt's got a hybrid. And Colt's going to put it inside DJ. He, he, he yeah. knew he needs to be, he, he told me, he's like one of the best hybrid fairway wood players ever, because he had to. Right. right. So he would, and I'm not saying Gary's necessarily that short, but this is an example of he knew what his game was. And it's actually kind of a great weapon or advantage of, look, what's the automatic state that we go into? Oh, I have to be perfect to, in order to win this. That's the, that's the uh, avoidance. We're wired to avoid fear and pain. So that's the automatic thought pattern. So now we have tension, we have nerves, and we're trying to be someone we're not, right? But if you notice that, just like I said to Pooja, that might be true to you, Gary, but does it help you? Clearly up to this point, it has not. So you accept that to be true and you say, imagine though, instead of me feeling like I have to be defensive and perfect while everyone else is lucky because they're 40 yards ahead, imagine how much it's going to suck for the long guy to be losing or falling behind me when I'm 30 yards behind him every hole, right? That's probably going to get pretty frustrating for him. So instead of being defensive, play offense and own your game. Now, obviously, that guy's got an advantage. Well, but and, and, how can right. you embrace it? How can you play your game? And a lot of match, I don't know about Gary's, but a lot of match play, excuse me, a lot of club championships are match play. So if it is match play, there is something to be said about oh, being yeah. able to hit, to hit first in the, you know, in the fairway, right? So maybe, you know, Gary, you're hitting five iron, he's hitting seven or eight iron, but I'm sure you can hit a pretty good five iron knowing that you're 
you know, near a scratch player and you can put the heat on all day. So yeah. think about that. That's exciting, right? So, you know, that, that's an advantage that you have and you need to embrace. You kind of also need to recognize well, what is good about this, Yeah. right? I may have to work a little harder in some areas, but your opponents are gonna have to work harder in some areas too. Yeah. So, but I think I've, I'll close the loop. The preparation helps, the, helps you mentally. If you don't yeah. do the physical prep, you can't get to that good place mentally. So it's kind of like a domino effect. Yeah, you need both. Yeah. For sure. But remember, sir, remember what Bento told us. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, four-time Kids World Golf Champ, Bento Assis. Got a yeah, great Instagram if you don't follow. Um, this kid wins 10 times a year. Like, at least. Every year. Guy's a four-time world champ. What did he tell us when we asked him, describe your best rounds Versus describe one of your worst in competition. Of course, his kid's 11. He says one of his worst rounds in competition was like, what, an 84 or yeah. something? 82 or something? <laughs> but the funny thing was, what did he say? He said, well, he's 11. It's when he was playing with 12 or 13-year-olds, and they started hitting it past him. And he was used to being one of the longers. And what did he do? He started focusing on what they're doing, and he got away with, from what he was doing. So, yeah. Gary, rem- learn from Bento. And this has right? happened to me. It's happened to all of us. It happened happens to all of us. You know, I, it's normal I, I, to yeah. compare. It's normal to think about what someone else is doing. But again, reset by asking yourself, has that helped me in the past? If the answer is no, then let's take a new approach. You plan ahead of time with how you can lean into your strengths, like Cermak said. Spend a little bit more time thinking about the course. Think about club selection. Think about how you can just hammer people with your short game. Um, and remember, the statement of I have to be perfect, I think is actually the bigger culprit here than people hitting it 40 yards ahead of you. Because yeah. golf is not a game of perfect, and you can't play good golf that way. It's impossible. The statement, the statement is, and I'll close with this, is not I have to be perfect. I just have to be a little more creative. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's fun, actually. That can really kind of light me up. Yeah. I'm just going to have to do a couple different things. Like, like I said, with my wedges, my long irons, with missing it. Creative, perfect. Come on. Yeah. We like, so we like cre- so we let's like cre- review. Let's recap here, right? The automatic response is frustration, demoralization, feeling the pressure, right? Um, and a lot of people hear, you know, positive thinking and this mental game stuff, and they think it's about ignoring all of that and telling yourself that everything's through rosy glasses. But that's not the case. I just want to reiterate this point, sir. It's not about telling yourself something that's not true. It's realizing that trying to be perfect clearly isn't a productive strategy. So what is something I can get myself excited for? Like genuinely, what can get you a newfound approach that you can get around, that you can get excited for? Colin Morikawa's coach, Rick Sessinghouse, talked about this a lot with Colin. Colin's not one of the longer hitters on tour. He's getting out driven every day, but guess what? He is a hell of an iron player. So for Fast. him, he doesn't care. He knows he's going he's gonna to hurt him when he gets to his irons. So he's going to pick sight lines and clubs that get him a good look, get him good angles, and then he's going to hurt him. Right? Yeah. So, Gary, find yeah. something that you can feel good about, but ask yourself when you start to have those thoughts when someone outdrives you if it's productive, if it's helped you in the past, and then reset refocus on something that is and that's your strengths and strategy and i bet it's your short game so yeah 
Great question, Gary. Love that. Took yeah. me back. Well, thank you to Luke, Pooja, and Gary. All the rest of you that submitted questions, uh, we're going to get to that in the next mail game episode. Um, thank you to everyone on Instagram Live watching. Um, yeah. I thought this was really fun. We'll try and do these more. Good to see um, some familiar faces. Sorry for little technical difficulties, but. Yeah, yeah. we figured it out. We're and uh, yeah. I guess I'll say I'll finish, Serm. You know, if we've added any value, we put a lot of time and effort into this show to try and help you guys. And it's a huge honor and, and it's fun for us to do. Uh, the only thing we yeah. ask is give us a review at Apple Podcasts. If we've added any value, follow us. You know, for those not on Instagram Live, follow us at the Par Train. Uh, you can potentially attend these live uh, sometimes us, in the future. Check us out on Twitter. Shoot over on TikTok. I mean, yeah, Twitter, TikTok. We got all three. So no matter. All right, Sarm, let's let's recap this specifically this episode. Um, no matter if you're trying to break 80 and you don't, no matter if you hit a perfect drive and someone picks it up, no matter if you're getting out driven by 40 yards and you feel like you have to play perfect. What do you got to do? Sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Guys. Take care.